here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Anyone wounded? Any bites? Sir, this is a suicide mission. We should get out of here. Reload. We're here on a mission to complete the mission. Excuse me, guys? Yeah, what is it, kid? We're getting another signal. There, there's labs on this floor. The, the signal's coming from over there. All right. We still got possible survivors. Everyone ready? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, dead triggers. Show me what you can do. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we do our best to find the cure. To find the cure to bad <laughs> video game films. And I don't know if this is the one. This may be patient zero. I am Nick Moore. With me are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Wayne. I hate you. <laughs> and Mark. You know, I don't know how you've even heard of this movie. So <laughs> let's discuss. You know the canary in the coal mine to this whole podcast is when I start by going, now the point is to find the good in these films. You know exactly what kind of film we're going to watch if I bring that up. Yeah. We watched Dead Trigger. <laughs> it is a zombie movie based off of a a mobile game. A first-person okay. shooter you play on your phone. Now, to prepare myself for this film, I downloaded that game and played it. And so far... I played the, best... the tutorial. I did the same. Yeah, uh, the strongest positive I have about Dead Trigger, the mobile game's pretty fun. Okay. Uh, Fair. Uh, 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 sure. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, everybody. That's all we got for today. No, 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 no. I have a lot of this movie. I was I, ready for that. <laughs> I won't even ask for your opinions. I'm going to tell you mine. This movie's straight up trash, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> it is terrible, but I was almost never bored <laughs> if i didn't know better i would have assumed Uwe Bull made this and that he was drunk out of his mind when he made it it is wildly shoddy <laughs> please read the caption on my what? name on zoom did Uwe Bull make this <laughs> <laughs> mark has made his name did Uwe Bull make this i did not notice that <laughs> that's pretty good I had to check at the end of the movie. That's how good this was. So <laughs> it's 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 interesting how you use the word entertained. <laughs> I was entertained. And, but but <laughs> see, I understand why you say it, <laughs> but I think there's a misconception of why you think you were entertained. Right? Like for example, there are, there are there are cult classic films that have limited budgets and they know how to make the best film they possibly can while purposely being cringy or bad. And that's what gives it that yes. amazing cult classic feel to it is because even though it's bad, it's good. This is so fucking bad <laughs> that I'm not laughing because they're trying to make it funny. 
And I'm not laughing because they're trying to make it serious. I'm laughing because it's so pathetic and it's just, it's bad. <laughs> and, I, and I understand why you can think that's entertaining. But at the end of the day, it's, it's not. It yes, was it is. so bad. Strong disagree. Like Mark and I were talking about. <laughs> I always said, if I ever got kicked in the, I would never, once you get kicked in the balls, you immediately tell yourself, I would never get kicked in the balls again, ever, no matter what. There's nothing you can do to convince me. I changed my mind. If someone said, will you watch this movie again or get kicked in the balls, sign me up for getting kicked in the balls again, please. It is way. Yeah. Mark, what's your opinion? Yeah, so I feel like I land between the two of you because <laughs> I hate this movie. It's terrible. But it's, oh, it made me laugh. It's so bad. Because it should have, not because I should have laughed. Yeah, it's so bad. But. I feel like from the – it's so bad and explains so little that I found myself deeply overthinking it Yep. to try to make sense of watching it, which was somehow <laughs> keeping me engrossed enough to watch the next scene in the vague, futile hope that it would explain anything to me. And it never did. <laughs> it's an <laughs> utter disappointment from beginning to end. And when it does, it's way too late. And my laughter, oh my God, it, it explained anything? I, I got nothing out of this. Now I'll say this. <laughs> I agree with Wayne. I laughed. <laughs> I'm sorry. The only positive thing I'll say about this movie, teleporting zombies. Because there would be scenes. Yeah. You can see the background of the characters as they're casually walking and talking. It'll do a close-up on one character, and when it cuts back, that other character is swarmed. And it's characters <laughs> who are facing each other who never even give the, oh, look, behind you. They're just gone. They're just jumped by 32 zombies in the span of one cut. And they don't talk enough about this zombie superpower that would genuinely make slow-moving zombies terrifying in any movie, teleporting zombies. And all I could think about was they are not spending enough time explaining the teleporting zombies. And I got fixated on it at about the halfway point of – well, the halfway point of the deaths in the movie where I was just like, I don't know where they came from. It doesn't even matter anymore. I can guarantee you the zombies will appear randomly. <laughs> See, I don't know if it was teleporting zombies. I've been playing a lot of Halo 2 because I never got a chance to play the original Halo trilogy and I'm playing it now. And I think maybe they're stealth zombies because if they're not going to explain it, I may as well just assume they're invisible. Because the number of times that, as you said, no zombies anywhere to be found and two characters will be talking to each other and all of a sudden one gets jumped from behind. How did the other one not notice? At one point, I just wrote, are the zombies ninjas? Like, it is amazing how many times they just come out of nowhere. Absolutely. They're called poorly edited zombies. <laughs> zombies you know have now learned to harness the power of editing. That's amazing. <laughs> this game is such a true adaptation, except it's so cheesy. It's like it was made in the 90s. So when the zombies appear, we're just getting 90s lag. Where, <laughs> oh, I'm fine. Oh, I Stutter, stutter, stutter. Oh, God, zombies. That's what's happening. Well, it's like when you play a game and you're driving too fast and the level has to pop in and load in. The plot yes. was moving too yes. quick, too many character moments, and then the zombies eventually just pop in. <laughs> this was big rigs. We were already off the level. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I mean, we could talk about the plot. It takes all five seconds. Zombies have, like, I don't know, rampaged across the world. 
and some corporation called what was it Cyglobe or something is yeah, making money whatever. off of the weapons to fight the zombies yes, and sure. wants to make money off the cure. And our heroes, which we'll get into and make no sense, get sent to Terminal City to go look for maybe a doctor, maybe the cure, maybe both, whatever. But before I go through any of that, I just want to point out something that guaranteed you guys don't know and it'll make you happy. So the director oh. of this, Mike Cuff, I looked up the mm-hmm. IMDb trivia because I always look up the trivia for these films because some of the behind the scenes stuff can be fun and fascinating. And it only has, like, several things of trivia, most of them being, hey, it's the first acting for this actor or that actress. But director Mike Cuff... It shows. Left the production. Last. He left production of this film during shooting due to creative differences. And the final film bears little resemblance to his original vision. <laughs> Him and the game developer Madfinger withdrew their support and had no further input. Who finished this movie? And who had creative differences with him and wanted this version? It's funny you say that, because one of my positives were like, <laughs> these guys saw the footage in the editing room and decided to finish this. That's a positive, because I would never have got through it. I would have seen all the footage no. and been like, we're f- <laughs> Shut it down. WB just canceled the Batwoman movie, and this got made. I just, I got to put that out there. That's right, because whoever made this, I don't, I don't know which... I can't remember who actually created this in terms of the distribution or whatnot, but they have no fear. I think it was Ed Wood. <laughs> or it, was, it was Ed Wood. Ed Wood made this, sponsored by right. Uwe Bowl. So <laughs> when I first loaded it up, because I rented it off of YouTube, I thought I got the wrong one. I thought I got a sequel because I rented what said Dead Trigger, yes. and then it came up Dead Trigger, colon, unkilled. I thought, ah, oh, crap, I've grabbed the sequel. Apparently... No, this is the only one, which is not surprising. It's also the only, the uh, one of the only and the last film that uh, Mike Cuff ever directed. Oh, makes sense. Not shocking. Makes yeah. sense. He <laughs> left the profession after this due to creative differences. Poor guy. Left or was yeah, chased I out? See, I'm I not sure. I want to see his true vision. If this bears little resemblance, Release he the might Mike have had something Cuff. good. He might have had something. Release watching. the Mike Cuff version. <laughs> I don't think so. Release the off the cuff version. <laughs> off the cuff. <laughs> Hashtag off the cuff. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, this movie's insane. Can I just point out at the very beginning, and I know they tie it in somehow that makes no sense at the end. The VR. They do. When we start <laughs> this film, and you have oh. the narration of what the main character is talking about, how the zombie outbreak happened, and it got his parents. And it's really sad. He's outdoors and then throws on a full VR headset on. If you're in a world where zombies are rampaging everywhere, isn't VR the worst possible thing you could be on? That's the first thing we okay. said. We're like, it, why would you ever block your vision? Right. <laughs> something like that. So, so Sleeping fine, but Okay. Man. This leads to my biggest question about this entire, the entire movie. There is a zombie outbreak, but as near as I could tell, it's just in Terminal City because yeah. everyone else seems to be living a pretty regular life. People are home. Kids are going to school. Like It just seems like life seems actually really normal. It seems like this zombie outbreak seems contained to Terminal City, a yep. city that was either unfortunately named or had its name changed. They never explain it. I don't know. But – 
when I see him put the VR headset on, I thought the same thing. And then as the movie progressed, I was like, oh, no, he's perfectly safe as long as he's not in Terminal City. Yeah. Like, I couldn't understand it. It's like, is the zombie apocalypse worldwide or not? Again, things they never explain. They also never explain why they're recruiting the people who play the VR as if they're going to be great soldiers. You have existing soldiers. Who are pretty good. Why not send them into Terminal City? Instead, they forcibly recruit (laughs) using, like, NSA agents, teenagers that play VR because they're going to save humanity. What? (laughs) When they first started recruiting them, I turned to Christina and I said, I think this is kind of like Gamer. I think... These kids play VR and they've recruited these, they've got these soldiers, but they need like the hand-eye coordination of a, of a gamer. So they're going to control the soldiers. That's what I thought was going to happen. Oh, sure. going to fight okay. the zombies. Wow. That would have made See? more sense. Well, yeah, I, I was going to call the movie Gamer, but, <laughs> but <I laughs> well, thought, that was I also amazing. I thought that's what fun. they were hinting at. And then, because like you said, these agents just show up, the most persuasive agents in the oh, world. Very persuasive. <laughs> Very. Uh, um, uh, recruit all these absolute nobodies and call them elite soldiers that nobody else in the world can do what they do. But and I didn't see trained. anything in the movie that they could do. <laughs> they had to be sent to boot camp to be trained. How are they elite? They were yeah. nothing. Wait. Half of them died in I, training. And, have to, and they, nobody else could do what they did. I know. Not everybody can die in They're, training. The training montage or training scenes do absolutely zero to establish any level of competency and even a single individual. The guy who seems maybe the most competent is the guy who grabs the shotgun, does the military twirl with it, and then proceeds to shoot his head off. Well, that is he the drops most... the shotgun and it shoots yes. his head off. Yeah. I don't even think shotguns <laughs> are made to do that anymore, but let's ignore that. Let's assume <laughs> that this military has droppable exploding shotguns to take your head off. Nobody else comes close to anything that remotely looks like competence. The one blonde chick twirls a sword real nice before they sell, They tell her, what are you doing? And take it from her and show her how to use it for real. Like, and then moments after seeing them utterly fail and multiple people die during the training, like this is Starship Troopers, they send them in. Yeah. And I can't even understand why they didn't just send in the three actual veterans alone because they're highly competent. Every kill is basically those three veterans until they start dying off. I also couldn't figure out why the normal soldiers hate the dead triggers, the teenagers who've been sent in. Yeah. I don't understand what they have against them. I'd be like, thank you. You get to go and do the suicide mission and I don't have to. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I get to live. It's really weird that the normal soldiers hate them. Well, and like, this is the first version of a zombie I've ever seen where you don't need to shoot them in the head. You just no. have to kill them. Yeah. Like if you shoot it in the heart, it counts. So they're not zombies? Because they're not really zombies because they talk about how yeah, they're this not zombies. virus they're in there. suppresses their whatever, they're, it's, but they're it's in there. It's a mutation. Yes. Which begs the question of they send you in to slaughter people who are fine. Like you could just contain them. They know for a fact that they are in there still and you're murdering them. And Dolph Lundgren and the, yeah, that's right. That's when I set them free. Funny you mentioned Starship Troopers because when it started playing the commercial for the military. Oh, yeah. Man, I I was, I tried to see, I'm like, man, I'm getting like major Starship Trooper vibes here. Join the CSU. That's actually a good movie, folks. Anybody's listening, go watch that one. (laughs) Yeah. 
This is the knockoff version of Starship Troopers without the budget, without the aliens, without Do any not even compelling ma- characters. Well, in all it's fairness, this has version. some budget. The the makeup for the zombies isn't half bad. It's not the best I've seen, but it's passable. Oh, it worked. I was I was okay with some of them. Now, what? <laughs> whatever budget they spent on the zombies, they ran out. So all of the blood is very bad CG. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. But the makeup on the zombies, the bl- I thought was passable. It's not. Bad. I thought it was passable as well. I was like, okay, they put I... some effort into the. Yeah. Yeah. The no, zombies. sorry. Uh, maybe I only paid attention to the zombies. It's the only spot where I thought the production. We got to remember the whole bad. check went to Dolph Lundgren, and they were like, well, we got ten bucks left, so they went down to the closest okay, dollar maybe you guys store, can picked up makeup, clear this up for me. So Dolph Lundgren, who we see uh-huh. at minute one, and then you don't get to see him for ten more minutes while it goes through recruiting all the teenagers. When you meet up with mm-hmm. him again. What accent is he doing? Because me and Corinne couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I'm not sure what nationality he what? even is in this. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, that's clearly. It sounds like he's trying to be a Texan. City. I don't even know what Terminal, terminal City, City is. City. Sometimes I it's felt terminal like it was America. Other times I'm like, I don't think this terminal is America. Terminal City. <laughs> terminal. Here's His the accent thing. is Terminal. Can you tell me of all of the characters in the in the show, like? Two or three of them actually have American accents. That's what I said. I don't. Rest, I don't even I know was, where this took place. I was doing the same thing. I was like, "What's that girl's accent? What's that guy's accent? What's this person's accent?" I have yeah. no idea. For all I know, they are the United Emirates. I have no <laughs> idea where this takes place. I just can't wait till we talk about the gauntlet. But okay. we'll, we'll, I'm skipping ahead. I'm skipping ahead. We, no, that's no. okay. Can we talk about if you're talking about the the special effects? The gun sound effect. If Indiana Jones gun is the greatest gun sound effect that's ever been put onto <laughs> film, this film has the worst gun sound. It literally sounds like somebody just fired a cap gun mixed with a paintball gun. And, yeah. and like the bigger the gun got, the quieter the sound the effect. Quieter the that's sound. how science works. And then, <laughs> and then when those guns shoot people, they literally look like they're being shot with paintball pellets. There's these oh little puffs of, of like red ink that shoot out. Except when you cut back to their body and there's no blood anywhere. <laughs> the explosions are even better. But you're completely forgetting the best weapon, the grenade launcher. Thank you. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so when they get sent oh. in to this terminal city to fight the zombies, and I'll get to the gradient launcher. I just want to point out a couple of highlights. One, don't use your guns. You'll trigger all the zombies and they'll come running. But everyone still has their guns in their hands. No one's holding a knife. As soon as there's the slightest sound, one of those guys opens fire. Bang, bang, bang. Like three, three shots off. Yeah. So they get swarmed by zombies. People are dying. And then patient zero shows up. That eight foot tall zombie yes. monstrosity. He looks okay. He looks okay. He, he looks dummies the surviving group members for a good solid two minutes. And I say to Crin, why didn't they bring the grenade launcher that we saw in training? And as the the kickboxing girl is going to die, Lundgren pulls out the grenade launcher and throws it to her so she can shoot yeah. patient zero point blank. Why didn't you open with that if it was going to kill him? Why did you all unload six magazines worth of assault rifle ammunition into him that was doing nothing? Why didn't Dolph Lundgren go, hey, guys, don't worry. I have an explosion I can use on him. Also, when she goes to fire it off, it cuts away because they couldn't afford two explosions. 
I also love that you almost actually never see anyone reload in this movie. And they they never once talk about conserving ammo. No. And they unloaded everything in everything an gets indiscriminate 20, manner. Rounds. Everything gets 20 rounds. Every zombie gets 20 rounds. No one ever is like, just shoot it in the head once. Nope. Everything is 20 rounds to the chest. And they miss because you see the zombies like <laughs> bouncing as they're getting shot. And then suddenly they're like, oh, is that enough? I should die now. And then they fall over. Oh, my God. They're so that terrible. first scene, though, Nick, when they're going in there and they're trying to be all stealthy. And then they're like, Sarge, you know, we got some, you know, we got some incoming or whatever. And they all turn. And then everybody starts firing. And then Dolph goes, Fire! <laughs> it's like well, they're already they're already firing. Like, I think they're doing. They're all like bang bang bang, and he turns and fire. It's like they're already shooting. <laughs> See, oh it's little God. things like that that uh, make this film watchable. Little nah, things. Ooh. No, no, little things like when Dolph Lundgren is showing them how to fight in training. He's got the machete where he chops one's head off and then drops it and like soccer kicks it into the body the, of another. That doesn't even have well, any the, effect. He just does it to it. to do it, and it's hilarious. The fact that at one point they I run across a like a pole dancing zombie. Why? Why is this yes. happening? We it's actually amazing. said that we're like, so she's a zombie stripper. But why would she still be yes. on the at the pole dancing? She's still on the pole. I don't know. <laughs> but the, that place was still, still immaculate. There. Like it wasn't because they're still in apart there, part or messy or bodies. It was just this one zombie stripper dancing on a pole. You got to be a professional. Got to keep your work area clean. That's dedicated. <laughs> I'm telling you, they have terminal. People are always like, you know, if work died, they'd replace you tomorrow. Not this girl. <laughs> oh no. my god. They have terminal city absolutely immaculately on lockdown the yeah. entire place like there's nowhere they go where i'm like oh yeah this really looks like something you wouldn't just find next door like pretty much everywhere they go just <laughs> looks like yeah they just went to a regular streets they went to a regular backyard they went to a regular factory like nothing looks insane now i do have to ask <laughs> so they mention when they're going into Terminal City, that there are survivors. And I, for the love of God, cannot understand why that you would choose to stay there. <laughs> like, there's nothing keeping you there. You can walk out. Like, yeah. they walk out. And there are people in there who had cars. And this isn't the Walking Dead where, oh, you can't traverse the highways because they're full of cars. They show you them driving on the most clear road you've ever seen in your life. And in my favorite scene of the movie where they're like, Oh, how could the priest only leave us with a quarter's worth of gas? And I'm like, you would know how much gas was in it when you turned on the vehicle. Yeah. Did you start this trip (laughs) without ever looking at the amount of gas? And then I realized, Oh no, it's because they turned on the car and he yells to the rookie, keep her running as zombies are approaching that never actually factor in. And then he runs in and they have a whole melee where people come into the house, but ignored the car and the guy in the car and they have a whole melee run out. So I was like, Oh, they wasted just all their gas. Really just idling the car for no reason. Like keep the car running, but don't sit in the driver's seat, sit in the passenger seat while the car runs. If something happens, I need you to do nothing. 
I love the truck scene because you have the young guy say to Dolph Lundgren, basically, tell me your backstory. And he's like, no, get in the truck. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so I heard your, exactly. your wife and your child, and you had to deal with them. He's like, yeah, just get in the truck. <laughs> just cut some off. What was yeah. it like being a cop? What's it like being a cop in Terminal City? Oh, my the God. movie is, for lack of a better description, Terrible? a poor man's far cry. <laughs> oh, God. It's the best way I can describe oh, it. It's a poor man's far cry. Oh, God. But there's still fun to be had in it. It still has some fun moments. Like, for example, the, the zombies that show yes. up out of nowhere. The fact that the traitor dude is able to grab that one blonde girl, disappear with her, slit her throat in the space of five seconds, and nobody <laughs> notices. Scott, that that is one of the best moments of the movie. And he must just drag like, her what five minutes away, and nobody yeah. notices. Yes, like Why? he grabs her, silences her, runs away with her, slits her throat, leaves her as bait, and ambushes someone in. What is the span of five seconds? <laughs> it's five seconds. They're talking to each other, all three people. They look in one direction, and when they turn around, she's gone. gone. From an open <laughs> gone. area. People disappear quick oh. in this. Like, G-Dog just vanished in the earlier fight with the zombies. Like, they just come out of a hole and grab them. People hmm. disappear. I It is quick. I really deeply appreciate how... You never really care about any of the characters or get any real backstory other than their intro. I only and know half die. their names. I know Dolph. I don't know any of their names. I know G Dog. I know nobody's name. Because G Dog, when the two gang members come up to him at the very beginning, they're like, hey, dog, you know, you think you can do this or that or whatever? I'm like, okay. So <laughs> when I'm writing down everyone's name at the beginning, I write dog. And then later, I find his name's G Dog. I'm like, oh, I just have to add a G. I got that one right. Cool. <laughs> G silent. <laughs> yeah, the G is silent. Like, oh my god. The only thing that I will truly say is disappointing for myself the anyway. Only? The only wow. thing I will say is truly disappointing within the context of this film and all the stupid decisions characters make and the shoddy quality. And Wayne, I know you want to get to this now. The gauntlet. Oh, After God. all the zombie attacks and how they can seemingly pop up out of nowhere and they build up the gauntlet as this big thing, it's crap. It's and they, they I understand with the budget and you do have to kind of use your imagination to help their budget. They do have that one far shot where it seems like well, that's a shit out of zombies till they get down there till they get down there. And you're like, oh, that's just that was a shot of ants. Yeah. There's like 40 zombies and the three of them. It was like, really? Thousands of people couldn't get through this gauntlet? And then on top of, and not only did three of them struggle to go through it and make it, Dolph did it by himself on the way back. (laughs) Well, and on top of that, I was paying attention for this. They run past (laughs) the same zombies a couple of times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You noticed that, did you? They pulled the Flintstones gag. They ran past the same background a couple of times, only that background was zombies. So ignoring the fact that when you see that above shot, I was like, okay, it's a gauntlet, but there's like miles around the zombies. You could probably just outrun them or gaps through the zombie horde. When they get down there and they're running, I was like, yeah, they're going to make this because they're faster than the zombies. 
The zombies are not close together. They're more agile, and they're shooting the ones that are in their way. Cool. And then for no reason that any sane person would ever do, they come to a screeching halt and allow themselves (laughs) to be surrounded. And the only thing that saves them is apparently zombies like airplanes. Because when the jets fly (laughs) overhead, every single zombie is like, and they stare up at the sky and they're like, let's go. We can make it. And just gently walk through and push them out of the way. (laughs) It kind of reminded me of that last Romero one when the firecrackers, the fireworks were getting the zombies attention. It reminded me of that. Only it made far less sense. Yeah. If all you had to do was fly something overhead to distract the zombies, everyone makes it out of the gauntlet. Now, at the other end of the gauntlet, you had a military recon unit that had a 60 cal on a Jeep. So why wouldn't they just mow down the 200 that turned out to be 40 zombies? I'll never understand. But the number of things I don't understand in this are mind-bogglingly high. Why does the priest let the traitor out just so you can kill him five seconds later? Why does the corporate woman murder the military leader when she's got him clearly under her thumb? Why does Lundgren go back to save the the church people when he knows that they're all going to be dead? Like none yeah. of it makes any sense. But then, is any of it real? Let's get to the ending. Let's get to no, the it's weirdest not. part. It's not of real. this whole thing. No, no, no. We have to get to the ending because it's it makes it it makes the entire movie the worst piece of you've ever seen, or the most brilliant. All for I'm nothing. not sure. No. no. So help me understand because. You only have three people left alive. The doctor, like the scientist woman, uh, the guy who we opened with on the narration who put the VR on, and Dolph Lundgren. There's only three core survivors left. Dolph Lundgren, who's already been bit apparently a couple of times and has run out of like anti-zombie serum. He sends them off and he's going to go back to the the church and save those people that we all know are going to be zombies. And then he goes in to start chopping them all up. And at this point, the VR guy from the beginning takes off his VR helmet again because they're inside a game? Correct. Okay, so... Because then they were in a chat room and they were talking about the things they did in in the game, which was things that happened in the movie. All right, so I have many questions about this. Just try not to think about it. But... Is Dolph Lundgren an NPC? Because he's not in that chat room. Correct, he's an NPC. No. So why are they following him? (laughs) Who no, follows the NPC the afterwards? No, but here's the here's the problem with that scene, and it's what makes the movie garbage. Is <laughs> what parts of the movie like? So, the opening narration, the main guy who you start the movie with, talks about his family getting wiped out. Then he puts on those VR, and then whatever he gets recruited. The end of the movie, he takes off the VR and all of the characters look like they're his friends who've been gaming with him. Then he goes to the table and the narration says, that was the last time mm-hmm. I got to spend time with my family before the zombies ate them. So the zombie apocalypse is real. So right. he goes, we yeah, just didn't watch it. thing that happens. We just didn't watch it. Right. So he goes, then exactly. the real attack happened. But exactly. in the game, you have Dolph Lundgren and the evil corporate woman. From, like, whatever it was called. Cyglo. Except the evil corporate woman exists. Is real at the end. And Dolph Lundgren is real at the end on top of the building. Exactly. The thing makes no goddamn sense. Also, who's in the chat room? 
Who's in that chat room? Are the twins there? Are the twins who turn out to be nope. traitors there? Uh, okay. Nope. So if it's just nope. G Dog, nope. the it's it's just kickboxing his, his woman. Team. Okay. So my understanding is guy. over the course of that, everyone died except him. Or were they all just watching him at the end? Correct. Okay. Was the guy who shot himself with the shotgun by accident in that nope. chat room? Nope. No. Okay, I just want to make sure Neither, if you could die in nope. a tutorial level. It was only the nope. characters that went to the to the mission. And Everybody also, who started on the mission was in that room. Nor was the guy who expertly killed the zombie with the knife, except the zombie didn't die and got yeah. up and bit him. That like, guy wasn't there either. The if guy it's who a lost game, if it's a VR game, why do they go through, one, the VR training, two, the emotional beat moments together, like the lead VR guy trying to, like, hit on the one girl before she gets jumped by zombies? Why are the emotional beats happening if it's in a VR game? What is happening? Like, I wrote down, Again. did it happen? Is it a time loop? Is it Inception? What the fuck? Yeah. This ending makes no goddamn Again, sense. It doesn't. It makes no sense because, okay, let's just assume it is a game, okay? <laughs> the premise of the game that they set that they are supposed to be playing, the idea is that Cyglobe is this evil entity because it's profiting off of um, the zombie apocalypse because they're selling weapons. Every home, they say, has 12 of their guns. Fine. But they acknowledge we cannot continue this way forever because clearly, from what we can see, they've got the, the outbreak contained. So they decide we're going to make money off the cure. Except when they send the team in to get the cure, the thing they want, they want it. They want to make money off of it. She's found it. They decide to kill her. Yeah. And it makes sabotage no sense. her. At it all. makes no goddamn sense. And then... What the hell is that lady even seeing at the end? Was she seeing the VR results so that she knows in the future she can recruit that group, those these four kids? And if they knew each other from before, if it wasn't VR, and this was like a hey, this was this was us before the apocalypse. You don't know each other when you meet up. They're all new to each other. So I have to assume the entire movie <laughs> was a VR. <laughs> whatever simulation except the beginning was real and the end with him is real but the corporate lady is maybe real because maybe she's a parallel real story happening but i don't actually know because none of the rest of the story you see <laughs> is actually happening i'm just glad so, i don't care <laughs> yumi bull made this <laughs> Yui Bull made this movie. I'm sorry. You know who finished this movie? Yui Bull. He came in and was like, I can work with this. And he, he made this movie. He busted out of retirement for this film. I could believe it. Absolutely. Let me be clear. This is not a good movie. Do not watch this movie. I just want to be absolutely clear about that. I am not defending the quality of the film. It is a bad movie. I had fun anyway. So did I. But don't watch had this Had it movie. not been for the podcast, I would have shut this off five, seven oh. minutes in. Easy. A hundred percent agree. But I promised that agree. I I promised that I would go on this journey with you, no matter how bad things would get. So if there's one positive I'm going to give this movie, it's to my wife who didn't have to sit True. through this whole thing Quinn and didn't watch finish it. it. At any point, she kids. could have been like, "See you, women first, and you sink with the ship." 
Christina, and she stayed you're now on the ship an honorary member of Press yeah. X to Reload. Absolutely. I got to give yes. her props. Like, that was that's fantastic of her. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's amazing. Well, yeah. I don't have anything else to contribute to this film, though I did like when the, uh-huh. the main scientist woman tries to give a heartfelt speech about humanity and Dolph Lundgren just says, I don't think that's all going to fit on my tombstone. <laughs> that, that was a good line. Yeah. That made me laugh. Yes. That was good. maybe the only clever oh, line of the God. whole film. Agreed. Yeah. We will bring this to a close. Don't watch this movie unless you enjoy bad good films God. the way I enjoy bad films. I like films where they didn't intend to make crap and they still did. This can be fun, but oh man, it ain't good. When we come back, we're going to go back to something simple. We're going to ditch zombies and VR inceptions and just get back to people punching people. And we're going to see DOA, dead or alive. I already know how this is going to be because I have seen it and I'm willing to see it again, which based off of my taste in films, it doesn't tell you anything. But we thank you for joining us on Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me, as always, for Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen, can only hope it's uphill from here. I, I hate this movie. <laughs> I hate this movie. <laughs> Let's pull the trigger on Dead Trigger. Don't Next reload. Time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athenis, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review, we'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next stage.